Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. We are on with Rashmi Sinha. She is the Chief Executive Officer of SlideShare. Rashmi, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. I actually had heard your interview on uh, the Supernova podcast uh, hosted by Christopher Carfee uh, prior mm-hmm. to your presentation at Supernova and was, I got to say, really blown away with what you had to say about um, uh, social object or object-oriented social networks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's actually been something that people have not talked about as much and recognized explicitly, though it's something that you know everybody encounters all day long. And we think about networking uh, directly and making these connections. But uh, a lot of the times, the, what mediates those connections is the content. And I think that that's also more, um, more similar to what goes on in real life, where uh, you don't just meet someone. You meet in the context of something, maybe over a cup of coffee or over a meeting or you go out for dinner. Or There's always uh, this, this experience or this object that is in between you. Which, and I think that's partly the reason sometimes um, social networking feels artificial uh, because there's no real construct in real life of just I'm connecting to you. I want to uh, give you a chance to talk about the SlideShare branded channels, which you're announcing this week. Um, thank you. Um, I'd love to talk about that. So SlideShare branded channels are a way for companies and organizations to create um, a branded look and feel or create a sponsored community of SlideShare. And um, it's, it's what, what it really is, is a custom branded microsite with all of your content. And you have all of that, but you're still deeply woven into the SlideShare community. So you have the best of both worlds in the sense that you have your own content, your own look and feel, but you also have the community which you can engage with. Um, and we've done a few of these uh, custom projects with uh, Adobe, with Microsoft, um, and there's a bunch of organizations that have uh, these kind of branded channels with us, and now we're opening this up to uh, more organizations and brands. Yeah, I was actually, um, uh, just before we got on the phone, I was looking at some of the channels there. It seems like there's, uh, uh, obviously, you know, most of the channels at this point seem to be business channels. Well, that is a reflection of um, our overall community, which is very uh, business-centered. You know, um, a majority of people on SlideShare are business decision-makers, and a lot of the users are, um, you know, individuals, but they are from these companies, and then there's a lot of organizations. And right now we have a few types of uh, channels that um, we've been working on with companies. Some of them are, you know, directly in the business space. Some of them are nonprofit governments. Some of them are events. Um, and we expect this to grow more and more. Um, I can talk through some of the more interesting channels if you'd like. Sure. So I think, the, um, for example, go to slideshare.net slash virtualization, which is also linked to at the bottom. Okay. And that is a curated channel that we have put together on SlideShare. 
Um, and there's a, you know, if somebody is interested in virtualization, if a company is interested in virtualization, they have a chance to sponsor that channel and have their name be associated with it. So that's one type of a channel, which are curated channels that we have created, that SlideShare has created, and that we are taking care of. Let me ask you, from a strategic standpoint, how are B2B social networks different from the services that cater to a broader audience, such as Facebook and Twitter? So I would say even within Facebook and Twitter, there is, um, you know, it, I think it's a continuum. It's not, uh, it's not as if it's like these perfect different categories. I think it's a continuum, and Facebook is uh, very much personal and has been edging towards more and more of the business. And Twitter always has had a mix of uh, personal and business. And, um, you know, something like LinkedIn is completely professional and there's really no room for personal there. I think a site of like SlideShare sits somewhere in between uh, LinkedIn and Twitter where we are very businessy, but because it's such a visual medium and it's more of a, you know, as I think, object-mediated networking, so people do bring much more of their personality in that they, um, that they might on LinkedIn. So sometimes people will... Uh, you know, upload a photographic album of their vacation. Uh, so those kind of things are more natural to sideshare than something like LinkedIn, where it'd be very out of place. Um, so, and that's so overall one thing. You know that they're on a continuum. The second way, I think, you know, it's a level of formality and the um, in the in the relationships and uh, who you are connecting to, and it's really the con question of the context. And for sideshare, we are, um, you know, we are not necessarily trying that people don't have any personal content there. But the predominant usage and the way that community tends to go is towards businessy content. But we do see as one of our strengths uh, that if it was a straight business content play and there was nothing else going on, then I think it would be a much drier, boring place. So for example, if you go to the homepage of SlideShare on any day, and let's go there right now, Okay, I'm there. So go down and take a look. Like, you know, there's one presentation about social media or not. Um, there's Tech Bytes. Uh, and, you know, there's one called Social Media Business or Peep Show. And what you notice is that it's business with personality. You know, it's not just dry business. Um, it's uh, something where people bring their personal style into play. And we do see that as one of the strengths of the of SlideShare, that it's much more um, it's much more well-rounded round, uh, personality that it lets you bring into. Are there any user interface features that distinguish a B2B social networking site from a site like Facebook or Twitter? User interface features. No, I think that the interesting thing is that no, that's, I think um, you have to live up to the ease of use and the friendliness that is set up by these, uh, you know, ubiquitous social networks. And I think if a if a social network or a business site tries to, if it if they don't if you don't live up to that, then you can't compete. And I think one of the reasons that SlideShare works is that we actually, you know, it is a very easy to use site, and we focus a lot on that because we know it's the same person regardless of whether they are using uh, Facebook or they are on SlideShare. 
Um, so I think that uh, in terms of user interface, consumers are used to a particular way of interacting on the web and a particular level of user friendliness, and they carry that with them. Is there anything you can that you've learned um, uh, in your work at SlideShare about what business users want from online social networking services? Sure. So I think that one of our very early realizations was that one of the dominant behaviors of SlideShare is um, people trying to connect with other people, basically of lead generating behavior, you know, behavior to try to capture leads for one's business, uh, products, services, uh, whatever it is that you are pitching. And presentations are a great way to do that because they're kind of like a long advertisement, so to speak, where it's not just uh, you know a display ad leading you to somewhere, but it's actually something that is taking you the time to walk you through the product or the service that it is. It's, it's a great format for a long, complex sale. So imagine there's an email marketing company, and they have this great pro product that they've built, and they have a bunch of best practices they pitch using that product or how you can do email well for a nonprofit. Well, it's much easier for them to express that through a presentation than through a display ad. So I think that was one of our early realizations of this, um, that companies were expressing themselves and then looking for leads on SlideShare. And some of our products that we've built, for example, LeadShare, has been built around this, um, this basic realization that uh, SlideShare is the place where people are able to capture business sales leads. One thing that uh, brings to mind for me are the other objectives of social media communications like uh, informational uh, objectives like maybe site traffic or unique visits or length of stay. Um, if, if I use uh, SlideShare to host my um, content, is that a blind spot for me from a measurement standpoint? Do I, do I, can I get that data? So right now we give you data about your presentation itself. We give you all the places it was embedded in, um, how many views it received, how many favorites, how many comments, how many downloads. We don't do a very good of job of telling you what the referral traffic is. Um, and we, we are planning to bring that, you know, start doing that. So. I would say that right now we definitely don't give you as much information, but there is information that we give you very simply, like a very easy, in a very easy access manner, um, which is about where all the places that your content has been syndicated to. So if it lands up on a third-party website, and you know you can you can look it up on SlideShare. Beyond the ease of use factor and satisfying the expectations uh, that many of us have as a result of services like Google and Twitter and, and Facebook, are there any specific generalizations you can make about what drives adoption of B2B social networking services, specific to B2B? Sure. I think the opportunity to connect with other um business decision makers you know that's the that's the biggest driver is that if you see other people who you are interested in connecting with then you you go there otherwise you don't um so i would say that's one of the primary drivers is uh, basically who else is out there 
And for us, we achieved that in the beginning we had presentations and presentations attracted a certain type of people who make presentations about things they're working on or their product or service, and that attracted more people who were interested in those topics. It's kind of this loop that has grown. One of the things that helped YouTube take off were the embed codes, uh, mm -hmm. which SlideShare offers too. How do you motivate a SlideShare user to embed their presentations on other sites? So the presentation, the typical pattern we see is that people embed the presentations on their own site, and then they tweet it out or they put it on Facebook. And then other people uh, who come to SlideShare embed it on other sites. So um, the owner typically tends to embed it only on their website, it's, but if it's good content, then it just takes off. And what we see as our role is that we offer all the ways to syndicate your content. But then your content has to do the job. So this is not a site, and somebody was you know, commenting on this re recently that you can't gain SlideShare easily. Your content has to be good, and this is true. You know, We provide the tools for sharing, but if your content is getting distributed everywhere, it's because your content is good. Stimulating conversations among members of B2B social networking sites with Rashmi Sinha, after this. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, then you know that On The Record Online continuously delivers useful information that increases your professional value to your employer or your clients. And you also know the podcast is and always has been 100% free, delivered as a service to the community. And now... For the first time, I'm asking you for something in return, your opinion. I want to know what you think about this podcast. Log on to www.ontherecordpodcast.com and take the listener survey. Over the past five years, I've given you 200 hours of compelling programming. And now I'm asking you to please give me five minutes of your time in return. Go to www.ontherecordpodcast.com and take the listener survey today. Rashmi, what does it take to stimulate conversations among the members of a B2B social networking site? So this is actually a question we wrestled with quite a bit because we didn't. We had a great uh, other types of social activities going on, uh, but not that much commenting. And to uh, you know, we worked on the commenting interface, but often it was making sure that there was no spam in the comments. That's really off-putting to people, um, making sure that the quality of conversation was high. So if there was somebody, if there was a troll there, then getting rid of that troll. All those things, I think people have um, higher standards for B2B sites than on B2C sites. Um, they're willing to put up with a little bit more, but they don't want to put up a professional conversation in a place where you know they might encounter trolls to the same degree. So uh, we've de that definitely has helped. Another thing, we don't consider um, conversation to be only on SlideShare. We recognize that there's a community outside. You know, Twitter is a community for SlideShare. Facebook is community for SlideShare. And we just help to kind of bring it all together on the SlideShare page. Does SlideShare actively manage its communities to help provoke meaningful business discourse? Um, we don't actively manage to help provoke discourse. 
we actively manage to make sure that there is an environment for the discourse to occur. Um, and we, we, are, uh, we are very focused on the community aspects, and we do pay a lot of attention to it. We have people focused on it. I personally am always on the, you know, I'm looking at what's happening on the site, um, and I think uh, that's what we see our role as. What percentage of the presentations on SlideShare lure comments? So I don't know the number for that offhand, but I think maybe about 20%. But if you look at um, you know, all the different ways in which social activities occur, where they get downloaded, embedded, uh, favorited, commented, all those are different types of comments on the presentation um, in a manner of speaking, then that number is almost uh, 60%. That's a very high number. What about ratings? What about user ratings? So we don't have user ratings. And, you know, I have uh, mixed feelings about ratings. I mean, there's this article about YouTube ratings and how they're not very useful, and people just tend to put it in the middle, you know, or they tend to rate very high. So instead of ratings, what we have is favoriting. And people favorite only when they um, like the content. So it's an explicit thing that you do when you like something enough. And I find that a much more... A valuable and um, you know my authentic way of uh, for us to get data about what content is good. How does the um, the presence of comments or favorites impact views and downloads? Um, it impacts uh, you know it's uh, it impacts it a lot. I mean when you have a lot of favorites, that means that you are showing up in the streams of people across the site. Because if I favorite your presentation. Um, your presentation will show up on my area of the site. So you get a lot more distribution when you get favorited and commented upon. Um, and it's a kind of a vice versa relationship where if you are um, getting a lot of views, then at least some of them will turn into comments and favorites. What, what generalizations, if any, can you make about the type of content, either by industry or subject matter, that is most pervasive on SlideShare? So uh, tech content, almost 25% of our content is tech content, and another 25% of our content is uh, what I would call broadly business. You know, it's got a lot of different businessy topics. And then there's a lot of, like, specific uh, subsections of the content. But, I mean, just to give you an example, for example, this um, channel that I showed you about virtualization, you can take any specific topic like that, cloud computing, security, and you're going to find these, uh, you know, at least a few hundred, if not a few thousand presentations on the topic. Um, we have about 10,000 presentations on Twitter. We have a huge number on social media. We have a lot of presentations on marketing, on email marketing. So it's a, SiteShare is a series, is a bunch of um, micro-communities about particular topics. The types of presentations that are most popular on SlideShare with Rashmi Sinha, CEO of SlideShare, after this. On the Record Online is the official podcast of the Public Relations Society of America International Conference. To hear in-depth one-on-one interviews with PRSA conference keynoters, presenters, and panelists, search keyword PRSA on our show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. 
Join us October 16th through 19th in Washington, D.C. for the PRSA 2010 International Conference. Rashmi, what types of presentations draw the most downloads? The ones that are visually compelling, um, we, we find definitely that our, our audience is, is, um, likes content that is um, not just great content, but it's also attractive visually. And uh, there's these style of presentations that are very popular in SlideShare, which we call visual essays. And if you look at Shift Happens, it's an example of that um, essay. Another thing that definitely seems to work is having a being provocative, um, and that helps you get views. If your title of your presentation is a question, or you're being provocative in some way, and you catch the attention of people. Um, but I think overall, just great content. You know, like there's uh, presentations that are really long and kind of dry, but they are great presentations and you know it's high quality content. So people. People value good content, and people are always amazed. I, I hear this so often that I can't believe I have access to all this material. And, you know, when the material is valuable, it gets to the top. top. So there's no relationship between the complexity of the content and the number of downloads? Because I would think that the more simple, pithy, provocative uh, visual essays would, would probably get more action than something that was long and and uh, included dense copy block and, you know, a lot of rich material, you know, in text. Yeah, I mean, I would say that it may be, I maybe mean, I didn't frame what I, what I was trying to say um, very well. So you're absolutely right. You know, the kind of the short, pithy, visually strong content definitely is the, is, you know, the most, uh, um, the most popular, but there are exceptions where the content is high quality and maybe it's not that well done and it still becomes popular. So it kind of, it, it does depend, you know, so there, are, there are some people and then you know, the individual personalities also play a role is that there are individuals who are so popular that when they put up something, their content immediately gets popular because they just tweet it out and immediately everybody starts following. So um, I think you're absolutely right. I was just pointing out that sometimes, you know, you see things breaking that rule and still getting popular. I, I would imagine that particularly in a business-to-business social networking environment, uh, you know, the issue of intellectual property is one that needs to be handled appropriately. Um, if I share my slide deck on SlideShare and uh, it's about a new product or a way that I'm approaching an industry, um, and it gives someone an idea and they run with it, then, you know, I, there could be a suit at some point. So I guess what lessons can you share about what you've learned um, with respect to protecting intellectual property rights in a B2B social network? So we do have um, uh, DMCA complaints, Digital Millennium Copyright Act, uh, you know, based filings once in a while, but that's really infrequent. And what we've done from the beginning is had the concept of sharing responsibly and sharing. So we support Creative Commons. We encourage people to allow download. The content of SlideShare is much more popular when it's downloadable than when it's not. So overall, we've put in the hooks for people to benefit from sharing their content and set up a positive loop. For so if you go and share your content, you are getting rewarded from it. 
which means that often the person sharing the content is the original creator of the content or has the copyright. So it's actually remarkable to me how we are running this large site with you know thousands of uploads per day and we have very few copyright complaints and I think that's all about the community. Um, the community is strong. People have share their real identity. When they share their real identity, they don't do the kind of things where they put up somebody else's content and then you know um, have have a complaint lodged against it. So um, I think the way to handle copyright problems is to build a strong community where people have their real identity, and you'll have a lot less of irresponsible actions. Final question. What is the biggest misconception people have about B2B social networking? What is the biggest misconception that people have about B2B social networking? I would say that that it that the standards for it need to be any lesser than B2C social networking. I think that's where um, you know Facebook gets it that people have a certain way of using the web and they want the same ease of use and everything else in their business aspect than they do in their personal aspect. Where I differ from Facebook is I don't think it needs to be the same site, but I think it needs to be the same uh, user experience and design standards as what people encounter um, on the B2C sites. Can you elaborate just a little on that? Um, sure. So. I mean, I think that, you know, if I go to Facebook, I'm used to doing things a certain way. And if you look at the way, where B2B content is, I mean, a lot of like these sites, uh, they're just full of ads, there's interstitials, you go there, and the dominant paradigm, actually, this is a great question you asked me. So the dominant paradigm of sharing B2B content is what? You have white paper downloads, correct? Right. Think about what a, it's a completely broken paradigm where you go and you see a piece of content or a PDF file or something. You have no idea if it is good content or bad content. The first thing that you have to do is to give up your registration information. And then you get to download that content and find out if it is good or bad. You don't have any of the social aspects that you've become used to on the consumer web where you can see how good the content is. You can see what other people have said about it. And that's exactly what we're addressing with our lead share product, where you get to see whether that content is good or bad, and then you voluntarily, you know, permission marketing. You get in touch with the creator. Not this broken process where uh, you just give your registration form and you fill it up and then find out if this is useful or not. Rashmi Sinha, CEO of SlideShare, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was a real pleasure. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. On the Record Online is hosted by Eric Schwartzman, an independent online communications consultant whose clients include the U.S. Department of State, the United States Marine Corps, the U.S. Embassy of Greece, the Government of Singapore, Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, Southern California Edison, the Environmental Defense Fund, 
and dozens of small to medium-sized organizations. For information about engaging Eric Schwartzman as a speaker, social media trainer, or digital strategist, visit www.ericschwartzman.com or send email to eric at ericschwartzman.com.